0: what is up party people it's off-season time it is hashtag off-season content time uh we have made it return of the roar podcast frankie cardicelli chris watkins as always thank you for joining us uh this week in the first week of hashtag off-season content we got a juicy one, man. Like normally, it's it's kind of uh, you and I were just kind of joking before. It's like, oh, med to like, oh, might have strained his hamstring or something in warm ups, and like we have to kind of talk about, you know, whatever the hell, just to fill time. But this is some real juicy, juicy stuff. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins had an interview with. Or, or, was it meant to be a player profile? I don't even know what the intention of the article was. I. I think the initial reasoning behind the article was, you know, Mark Spears has kind of
1: had a connection with DeMarcus Cousins for a while, and it was kind of just going through, hey, you've been through a lot. How does it feel to be back with Mike Malone and like on, a, on a playoff contending team? Yes. And it just turned into, man – Sacramento can go
0: to pretty much go to hell. That's kind of where it went. So, yeah, absolutely. Just unloaded on the uh, on the Sacramento Kings and their organization. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense why it was brought up in the first place. Obviously, Demarcus and Mike Malone had the Sacramento ties and, you know, much has been made of that. But uh, Demarcus took the opportunity fully to just abs. Like I said, absolutely unload on the Kings franchise. Uh, I'm sure everyone at this point has seen the comments, but we'll definitely read them out for you guys. Um, my first thought when seeing this article, and I don't know if it was everybody else's as well what the hell is Andscape? Okay, like, so that- I know that they changed uninterrupted. I mean, I, I read that they changed uninterrupted to yeah. Andscape, but what the hell is Andscape? This also confused me. Um, I I think they were
1: previously the undefeated
0: before. It was either uninterrupted. No, it was undefeated. Uninterrupted is LeBron James. Yeah, that his it, little. Am range. I am I wrong? Was it? It was undefeated. You're right. Yeah, you're definitely right. So when that first came
1: up, I said, okay, I guess Spears went somewhere else. Um, that's congratulations. But no, it just turned. It's it's the classic kind of like how um it's a rebrand uh, yeah. well yeah and the athletic still the athletic but i believe it's owned by the new york times now so it is media companies go through facelifts and, and changes all the time like it literally happens all the time so mm. that for for, for starters did also confuse me as well mm-hmm. so what is what is this
0: like, i just don't understand like and like and as in like also and then scape as in like you know, I don't, I don't even know what scape, what, what the root word scape means, like landscape. But <laughs> it looks like, I mean, it's landscape without the L. That's that's honestly what it is. It's just yeah. not a word that I have ever heard or seen before. And I'm just not entirely certain. It just looks like two random words that they put together. Like it was in a random word generator. They're like, all right, andscape.com. This I'm is what to, we're going with. I'm trying to see what it is. I believe it's um,
1: a landscape. I'd have an landscape and literally yes. what came up was yeah. landscape.
0: Because why would you be typing in also scape? It just doesn't um, make sense. I don't know. It, regardless so, of – go ahead. Okay. Anscape, formerly The
1: undefeated is a sports and pop culture website owned and operated by ESPN. For sure. Um, the site describes itself as the premier platform for exploring the intersections of race, sports, and culture. Okay. Um, so sports, race, Sports, race, culture – um hbcu so i i think it's a, it's a
0: predominantly sure. uh black operated form that's what, of, but of that's journalism. what undefeated was as well that was the point of the undefeated as well that's true so i don't know i'm I, just trying to figure out the name like, i think the undefeated is a great name
1: i think the undefeated is, is a yeah. really
0: cool name like yeah. I, I like
1: that name so i'm not really sure why maybe the is the person in charge's name named andy this is the news we're talking about. This is an off season. Yeah,
0: this is hashtag off season who, char- who is in charge? <laughs> who is in of charge? Who is in charge of this rebrand? Because they get an F, straight up F. It just is not does not roll off the tongue. Is not something that I would ever want to promote if you say like, oh, like yeah, I work for Andscape. Like I would think, oh, is that like some new media I you don't know, like marketing company or something like that? Like, I don't know. Do you ever get um this is going off track here for a second Doesn't
1: matter as we get back to DeMarcus Cousins, do you ever get like this is your code text messages and someone's probably trying to hack your stuff because I think someone's trying to use my Uber account right now. So if anyone's out there trying Ooh. to get a ride in my <laughs> name trying to get a ride right now, you don't you I'm not giving you this code to yeah. log into my account. Where are you going? Um, maybe they're going to Denver, Chris, to talk to DeMarcus Cousins about why. He well, Where should we start? Should we start with going through the quotes real quick? Like, should we start with going through a quote and like where things started? Because obviously, Demarcus Cousins, we all know the story. He played mm-hmm. here for seven years. Really, I guess you can categorize it as a roller coaster tenure. I mean, he was without a doubt the most exciting part of watching those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I put that on Twitter. Exciting The people were like, What the hell are you watching? Okay, if he wasn't the most exciting thing to watch, then what was Quincy A.C. dunking the ball once every you know season? I mean, I I don't know what else you're
0: looking for, but DeMarcus post in twenty ten was up there. Yeah, oh um, no, for sure. Like Demarcus was appointment television. Like there was no other if DeMarcus was hurt for a game uh in during his era, there was no reason to watch. The Kings were going to lose and they were gonna lose bad. I mean, he he was the only person who was keeping them in games. No, I totally I totally agree. I mean, when you look
1: at what he did, I mean in 2015-16, he kind of the year before that in 2015, he had a breakout season averaging 24 and 13. Uh the next year 27 and 11. Uh the year after that 27 and 11. It's just he like you said was appointment television. And especially when you look at the end of the 15-16 season, I believe, he went on a tear I don't think has will probably be replicated maybe ever. Um, over a, let's see how many. Oh my goodness gracious! Over a, this is a lot of games. This is over a thirty-seven game stretch. He averaged thirty points per game, twelve rebounds,
0: forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-seven percent from three. Um, that's insane. So that is insane. Let me give you Joel Embiid's. So, so go ahead and uh read that off one more time, and I will tell okay. you what Joel Embiid did this year. Yeah, I'll go back. His even probable MVP season. Let's let me re reload it. Okay. Thirty points per game, twelve
1: point one rebounds, forty seven percent from the field, thirty-eight mm-hmm. percent from the three point line, mm-hmm. and that was over a thirty five game sample size. How many assists? Uh three point eight and one point one point eight steals, one point three blocks.
0: Okay. So this season in Joel M at Joel M B's. Very probable MVP season. Obviously played more games, larger sample size, 68 games this season, um, which is actually a career high for Joel Embiid. That's that's kind of nuts. Um, 30 points per game, 30.6 points per game. So right on there with DeMarcus. 11.7 rebounds, which is one rebound less than DeMarcus, but you get the point. Uh, 4.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.5 blocks, uh, shooting. 49% from the field and 37% from three. So pretty much DeMarcus cousins for a stretch of time um, was, was an MVP level caliber uh, talent. And for sure, obviously good, good player, bad team uh, stats don't mean as much, but regardless, I mean, the guy was putting up those numbers and had the talent to do it. And uh, it was, for, for certain stretches of time, the Kings' lack of success was not DeMarcus Cousins' fault.
1: No, I mean, we can go a little, a five-year period here. This goes from 2013 to 2018 when, when he, the last game he played before he tore his Achilles with New Orleans. Uh, 315 games, this is the sample size, 315 games, DeMarcus Cousins averaged 25 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal and a half, a block and a half, 47% from the field, 35% from three. That is over a five-year span, and I'm sorry, but when you look at other players in the league that are doing things like that, I, I mean, what are the names that jump off the page to you? Um, Jokic, Giannis, mm-hmm. um, LeBron has an average 11 rebounds, but he, he's look, Demarcus Cousins was a All Star. He was a he's a four-time All Star for a reason,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: th- this is something that I kind of look back on him and, and people that want to downplay. His contributions, you know, yeah, he was a nightmare on the floor sometimes. He was a guy that was tough to root for when you look at his antics and the way he acted with the officials and the way he acted with, with the media. Um, it wasn't great. We know that. We know it wasn't other, ideal for sure. <laughs> no, And we know that other media didn't like him. We know that other players did not like him. Coaches, that's – we're going to get into that in a minute. But uh, – you you can't sit there and, and say the Sacramento Kings were a failure in the early 2010s because of DeMarcus Cousins because he was probably the only thing as far as on the floor that was working.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge DeMarcus Cousins advocate and uh, I, I'm probably not the one to, um, you know, to have this conversation with because I'm pretty biased. But um, I will say to the, you know, t- to be devil's advocate. I would say that DeMarcus's antics and personality as as the the team's number one probably did hinder some um, off the floor, you know, like people coming in. I'm sure Mm -hmm. a couple people at least were like, "Uh, I don't know if I want to go to Sacramento where it seems like not only will we be bad, but I will also get blamed for 90 percent of it because, you know, DeMarcus for all his his great talent and accomplishments for sure has just about never taken responsibility for anything that has, that he has done, Um, which, you know, is, is, is part of growing. And I, I don't, I think he's grown a little bit since he's left Sacramento for sure. He doesn't seem to be quite as, as ready to, uh, to, you know, blow his head off. Um, I mean, like, you know, (laughs) angrily, Um, but it's still there. It's definitely still there. I mean, he he's he's never been uh the easiest coworker to deal with, I'm no. sure. And the way things
1: ended were super even I'll say for Demarcus Cousins, who was not the best person all the times on the floor. Um he did do a he the way things ended for someone who did so much he did a lot for the Sacramento community. He was always very involved in local groups. Um I know he donated a million of his his uh rookie contract extension to I think housing uh stray dogs, um, I, I I do think that the way things ended, which is the Kings were literally a week before ready to give him a four-year or five-year, two hundred million dollar extension, and then a week later he's told during the All Star game he's being traded to New Orleans. So, um, but again, it's a business. We know it's a business. We've seen what happens every year in sports. It happened with Tyrese Halbert and, and Demontis Sabonis. It'll happen again for somebody else that plays for the Kings. It'll happen to someone who plays for any other sport on any team tomorrow. It'll happen every day. Um, Sports are a business, and and DeMarcus has said that in interviews. I think he said it in this interview as well. But um, when you go back to where things kind of started going really wrong for him, it was when they brought in a coach that he did like, he did respect, who did get through to him, Michael Malone. And it was clear from the beginning that these guys gel. They like each other. Uh, Michael Malone his he's I think he's a New York guy he, he's fiery um kind of has like the chip on his shoulder mentality as well uh, obviously comes from his his dad Brendan was was a great coach for a long long time and the Kings as we all know now they fire Michael Malone after a strong start to the season which I'm looking back I looked back the other day I had to be reminded of it um in 2014-15 even with DeMarcus Cousins missing 10 games because of viral meningitis through twenty four games, the Kings were eleven and thirteen. That's we we'd be we'd be going crazy for an eleven and thirteen start Ooh. nowadays. So, and granted, this is eight years into the drought, but the Kings fire Michael Malone, and this is kind of where things start with the interview. And Spears obviously asks Demarcus Cousins, like, "Hey, the you know you and Michael Malone are connected in a way," um, and he he says, "Hey, the Kings firing Malone." I thought they were insane. You don't have to speak. I don't really have to speak on it because I knew then about Mike. I knew he was sore. He went to the next place and has been nothing but successful. When he was with us in Sacramento, he was successful. Still doesn't make sense, and it never will. Everything else that happened to Sac should have never happened. That guy should have never been fired. The rest of what happened in Sac would have never happened if they let him go. And then the last thing about Michael Malone, before we can get some thoughts in, um, Spears says, do you think he would have been in Sacramento longer if they didn't let Michael Malone go? Cousin says, absolutely, we would have been winning. We would have won. Probably would have finished my career there along with Mike. Simple as that. I don't reflect on it much anymore. I've bounced around and been through so many other things. Hard to harp on that situation, sitting there focusing on that. I probably wouldn't be where I am today. Um, put a lot more time on righting my wrongs, correcting my body. Then he goes on to say, it was so much other things, it's hard to focus on Sacramento. And for what? They sucked before I got there. They sucked when I was there. They sucked after I left. Chris, do you disagree with him? I mean, he's not really wrong on any of that. That's the thing that's kind of, I think people are kind of having a hard time with juggling. I don't think he's wrong about anything he's saying. Mm -mm.
0: No, I mean, definitely not. I mean, it was an insane move at the time for them to fire Mike Malone. It didn't make any sense. I mean, we now know that. That there was a lot of behind the scenes things that were that were being thrown in in important powerful people's ears that that led to um, at the first sign of any distress, Mike Malone being released. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's fairly well documented at this point. Um, it was insane. I mean, it didn't make any sense. Like you were saying, I mean, at, at this point, if if the Kings were eleven and thirteen, we would probably uh, start selling playoff tickets at that point um we would be so excited uh and for them to let him go at that time made absolutely no sense and i think everybody um i can't imagine being someone like demarcus who probably knew about all of or at least heard some of the you know background whispers that were happening and then to actually see it played out he probably it probably was a very eye-opening like oh, this is why this place is how it is, because this is the type of stuff that happens uh, in this place, and it just doesn't happen anywhere else. And, you know, that was just ended up just being one of many things that that the Kings would end up doing that that is just, you know, I, I'm specifically thinking of, like, the Brandon Williams situation and stuff like that, um, things that only happen in Sacramento, it seems. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he, he really just tells no lies. I mean, it just is – <clears throat> You know what I will say, actually? I actually don't think um, him and Mike would have been in Sacramento forever. I, no, I That no, just no. generally doesn't happen. How how
1: um, how many coaches are still...
0: Who are the longest-hundred coaches in the NBA right now? Popovich, Greg Popovich Spolstra, Solstra, and maybe Malone? Malone is up there for sure. At this point, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, yeah, I think Steve Kerr um, and Mike Malone are
1: pretty close, like a year apart. And Kerr, it was Kerr
0: than Malone. That's about it. But even then, like Steve Kerr took a year off, or like Snyder half off. maybe. I mean, uh, Quinn Snyder has been there a while, but you you see, he's probably not going to be there after this season. Um, that's generally the point. Is like you know, coaches end up not overstaying their welcome, but but it's always the first you saw. You just saw it with Terry Stotts last year, where it's like. All right, like yeah, this guy's got us like going places. Hey, Rick Adelman, Rick Adelman, same thing. Yeah, this guy's got us going places. And then after a while, you get, you get, um, you get bored with success, and you're just like, okay, like maybe there's somebody else out there who can take us to another level. And then that's how you end up in a 16 year playoff drought. But I digress. Um, is he right in saying, like? Also, I thought it was interesting for him to think that he essentially saying he wouldn't have gotten hurt as much as he ended up getting hurt. I think that that is also something that he kind of blames on Sacramento is uh, I don't know why exactly, but he he feels like, you know, all the moving around um, kind of got him to the place where he is now, where he's traveled the league and stuff like that. And he believes that if he would have just, you know, kept being the guy in Sacramento, he probably wouldn't have, you know, become this, this very diet version of, of DeMarcus cousins that we see today. And I think about that all the time. I mean, um, I think you used to point out like, you know, like we would still be in DeMarcus cousins extension time. Like, I I think, I think you'd have one. I think you'd have one more year to go. I think I, I, so this is
1: uh, 16, 17. I think he had, he had one more year on his deal. Which was seventeen eighteen, so then you have was it four years or five years I think it was five it was years five I'm pretty sure it was five twenty so you'd have nineteen hundred so you'd have that's seventeen eighteen was his last year so eighteen nineteen nineteen twenty 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 one twenty one twenty two yeah
0: he'd have one more year for about yeah. forty million dollars that we'd so be looking at that would be a very interesting place, like revisionist history for the kings to be in like. If you would have just assumed that Demarcus's body is Demarcus's body and shuts down in the same way, if the Kings are paying forty million dollars to a guy that I mean he's 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 struggling. I mean he ended up finding a home in Denver, and it wasn't because of his ability or talent where he couldn't find you know stick with a team. But uh, if the Kings were still if that was their front guy paying forty million dollars a year, I mean. They would be in a similar situation to like where the Pistons were with with Blake Griffin, where it's Mm -hmm. just like, we need to get this guy off of our books by (laughs) any means necessary. So that would have been interesting. Um, I was also thinking about just the amount, his usage percentage in Sacramento. I haven't looked at it, but I I imagine it it was it had to have been top five in the league. I mean, there were. There were games where DeMarcus literally would have the ball all, you know, every decision made would be through DeMarcus.
1: He led the NBA in usage rating, um, usage percentage um, in 2015-16, which was a year he, it was the best year of his career, Mm -hmm. but 35.4%. That's insane. uh, That is, that is insane.
0: 35% usage percentage. The next,
1: the next year, before he got traded, 37.5%. Didn't think he
0: could get higher. Literally didn't think he could get higher. <laughs> Look, Chris,
1: we're looking at three years in a row. Uh, yeah. 2013, 14,
0: 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 16. I four years in a row, he was yeah. above 33%. That is insane. And I mean, any like Russell Westbrook's body, Derek Rose's body. All these bodies will break. These are prime, the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Those bodies break down. DeMarcus For, um, Cousins at 6'11". 280. And, like, let's be honest, that was not a Ben Wallace. To you know, I don't know that Ben Wallace was 280, but like, he was not cut like, yeah, like some physical freak. Like, Demarcus had some weight to him, and I think we saw him eventually start to lose that weight as he stayed in Sacramento. For reference, that body would have broken down. Oh,
1: absolutely. And for reference, for people out there that are looking at, you know, what does usage even mean? Um, you think about how much De'Aaron Fox has the ball in his hands right now. Demarcus Cousins average over 32 percent usage rating over four years in a row. De'Aaron Fox has never done over 31%, and that was in 2020, 2021. So when you think about how much De'Aaron Fox had the ball, um, nothing near Demarcus Cousins, what he was doing. It was just literally get the ball, the boogie, and get out of the way. So, yes, I'm trying to see. You can make the argument. Chris's body might have broken down more so Mm -hmm. here. Like, it might have broken down
0: more so. And for reference, like, Trey Young has a 34% usage percentage. Preposterous. Preposterous. And Trey Young literally has the ball in his hand the entire game. 37% 37% DeMarcus had before he got traded.
1: Um, and that was on a team with you know Rudy Gay before he, he tore his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, the Kings had a pretty deep team. I want to ask you that real quick. This is really similar. But, Joel Embiid has a 37% usage there's two There's year. two more quotes we need to get into and kind of yes. th- and talk about. But before we do that, I want to ask okay, you three. while we're talking about Demarcus's usage rate and, and and how he played on these teams, we said that the blame doesn't kind of fall on It doesn't fall on him. Not kind of. It does not fall on him for the playoff drought. I mean, it might fall on him for his attitude as far as deterring other players from coming here. But when he played, the numbers were great. And I want to ask you, what is the best assortment of talent that was ever around DeMarcus Cousins? Because we're kind of going through that with De'Aaron Fox right now. And not this could be what the best team was. You can answer it that way if you want, what year. But who who was the best assortment
0: of talent around Cousins? Because there wasn't that many teams that were that good while he was here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think that Rondo season was, was absolutely the most talent that they had around him. Um, and I think, you know, record wise shows that correct. The 15, 16, um, with the exception of the Dave Yeager year was, was the, the closest the Kings have been to the playoffs. They were the Mm -hmm. 10 seed would have been uh, a play in team had that existed. Obviously George Carl was not, uh, DeMarcus's favorite coach and so I I have a feeling that that probably lost us a couple games maybe if you have a different coach in there uh you know just games go a certain different way but absolutely to have Marco Bellinelli who we all know played terribly for us but still had something left in the tank um you know Willie was was playing next to DeMarcus a a rookie Willie Colley Stein who who was still um you know still young and, and rangy and could do things uh, Darren Coulson was his backup point guard. Obviously, Rondo was the starter to have Seth Curry, a uh, young Seth Curry coming off the bench for them. And and every time Seth played, it seemed like he would play well and and never really got any sort of consistent minutes. We obviously know how George Carl also felt about Seth Curry. Um, Rudy Gay, you know, was still in his prime. Ben McLemore was young, obviously was still missing shots. Um, and Kosakufis, you know, like that was a very, very solid team. And I think. Uh, that pro- that team probably deserved to to you know be an eight seed if if things would have gone the right way picture perfect yeah the right that, way that's, that's by far the most talent I think this team mm-hmm. this
1: franchise has had over sixteen years mm-hmm. like it has to be I mean you can make an argument about this year too maybe eighteen nineteen I wouldn't even know I think eighteen nineteen was the perfect combination of everything
0: working out yeah I, I so, would agree with that I think eighteen nineteen 15, 16, is- I mean, DeMarcus wasn't on that team, but I think that team just had the right coach and had the right, you know, the coach put all the right players in the right situation.
1: Yeah, 15-16, I, I agree. I mean, that's what you, when you think about the Kings didn't su- surround DeMarcus with the right amount of talent. I mean, yeah, this this wouldn't be – I'm not saying, oh, you're wrong. 2015-16 was a perfect example of that, but – um they, the the pieces were there to build with. And they had Darren Collison under contract, who I think that was last year or the next to last year of his contract. Um he got injured that year too, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't he get hurt that year or was that the year before that? That was the year before that he got hurt. Never mind. Um but Seth Curry wasn't really Seth Curry, and that name looks looks nice and pretty there, but you know, the Kings obviously cut bait on him for for no reason. Um Rudy Gay was was a good king in my opinion. So yeah, I mean mm-hmm. there there wasn't really The talent around him, like there wasn't a move made. I don't know if you can compare the Rudy Gay trade to the Kings going out and getting Sabonis this year. I think the Sabonis trades a little more, um, to in my opinion, impactful from what the Kings needed and what the Kings got in Sabonis versus Rudy. I don't even think that's a
0: question. Yeah, because the Kings needed rebounding and they needed just uh, distributing. Well, just as a talent, like Sabonis is like, yeah, head and shoulders above Rudy. Yeah.
1: But with the with the, the Rudy Gay trade, it's kind of interesting because you look at the usage rate, and I'd have to go look at Rudy Gay's usage rate um, before he got traded, because uh, the Kings combated, not combated, but they tried to pair a, a a wing who demands the ball with the center who demands the ball, and they had Isaiah Thomas on the team at the time who was a scoring guard who demands the ball. So Rudy Gay coming to Sacramento in Toronto had a thirty thirty one percent usage percentage. Yeah. Uh then he comes to Sacramento it drops. It was a to lot 20... lower in Sacramento, yeah, but Yeah, it goes to 26, 27. So, um
0: still still pretty decent, but um yeah, but I digress. Should we go to the next quotes? Yes. Um I actually want to talk about this one. I don't think this was on your quote list, but um DeMarcus Cousins was asked if he believed that his number 15 should be retired. Yes. Um and he said, I put in the work and the time I hold many records there. honestly think I'm the best player to ever come through Sacramento. I stand on that. Absolutely. Now, this is a very controversial topic. This is a I hot one. I feel like we may have talked about this a little in the past, and I kind of feel like I was on the side of, of it being retired. It just doesn't. It shouldn't be retired. I mean, no. I, I, have, a, I have a big gripe with the fact that I mean I don't mean to sound like DeMarcus Cousins but that Vladdy's number is retired. Um I can I can live with Paige's number being retired. I would kind of also put up an argument that probably doesn't need to be retired. Mm-hmm. Um DeMarcus Cousins absolutely does not need to have his number retired. Um statistically for sure definitely the most impactful Sacramento King in terms of stats if we're just talking stats. Um but, you know, at, at some point, winning, winning has to mean something. That's what I was going to ask you. If the, if the Kings made, a, made
1: the playoffs during his time here, does that change things?
0: Yes, absolutely. If he I breaks agree. a – at that point, it was probably like a 12, 10, 10, 12-year 12 playoff drought, and he is the best player on the team, and and we get some, some good memory from that, I think that that is enough to deserve a spot. Um, that's sad to say, but, I mean – with this organization at this point, you, you have to grade on a curve. And if he makes the play, whoever makes the play, I mean, if, if De'Aaron Fox and Demondus bonus make the playoffs and, you know, stay they, here, they and stay here. Exactly. And re up. And the team is, you know, even if the team never really makes it out of the first round or something like they deserve to have their number, they, they oh, did yeah. on a curve. They did as well as any other King had ever done before. I mean, um, Mitch what? Richmond is a, is kind of the Mitch for sure should be like the benchmark. If you can't put never up did. stats and then also just make the team make the playoffs because Richmond never made any deep playoff runs
1: um, no.
0: in his time in Sacramento, but he had the stats. He kind of had the success. enough. He had enough success um, for people to really feel like this is one of our best players of all time. And I think obviously statistically DeMarcus is, unequivocally one of the best Sacramento Kings of all time, but it's just kind of embarrassing if you have somebody who wasn't a winner. I mean, it it just shows as a, as a franchise, as an organization, what you value and some franchises like Oklahoma city will retire uh, Nick Collison's Jersey just because he was on the team for nine years. I don't want to be a team like that. We shouldn't be giving at that point. It's a, it's a retirement. Yeah, no offense to Nick Collison,
1: it's a bit, and it's a way to get people you know put asses in the seats and get Mm -hmm. people to get the merchandise for the retired jersey and everything. and that's what the hey, sorry, that's what the Kings have been doing. That's what the Kings did with with. I hate to say, I mean, there's there's a case between Paige and Vladdy who deserves it more. It's definitely Paige, but um, your your Mitch Richmond uh, comparison is actually really spot on. I mean, when you look at what he did in Sacramento, he was an All Star um every time i mean what six six time all start the kings demarcus yeah, more was, than demarcus yeah yeah demarcus is three i think with the kings one with the pelicans um over his time with the kings he averaged 23 points per game he took them to the playoffs though he took them mm. to the playoffs it was very memorable people still talk about the the 96 playoffs more mm-hmm. than i think any other playoff series except for 2002 they talk about 96 and that seattle mm-hmm. series um that was like the birth of arco thunder um And that's where I kind of come to on this side of the fence is I think if you asked me a couple years ago, I'd say, yeah, yeah, DeMarcus should have his number retired because he was so good. But when you think about what it means to have a number retired and the the impact that player had an organization, what did they accomplish? What did they do in in my mind, going to the playoffs at least once or twice or or multiple Mm. times really is what should qualify you and say, wow, this player played at a high level. They have the accolades, whether it's all-star appearances or, or um, MVP votes. Like Page got MVP votes. Weber got MVP mm-hmm. votes for years. Um, they won. Um, that's what gets you in the rafters. And I'm sorry, but – and this isn't to discredit what Boogie did because I'm saying that's I'm, that's completely opposite. And that doesn't really fall on a shoulder, shirt. Sure. But averaging 24 and 11 over five years or whatever, um, you have nothing else to show for it except for personal accolades. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. You know, this isn't the the Demar there aren't, there aren't, this isn't the, the Demarcus Cousins Museum, Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings Museum. It's 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 Golden One Center, which has Weber and Richmond and these other guys who who put everything out there and made the playoffs. Or you yeah, have you know, mm-hmm. this isn't the part of the Sacramento history, but Oscar Robertson and mm-hmm. and Stokes, Twyman, all those guys. So um, I don't think so, Demarcus. I don't I, I don't think that he should have his number retired. I just don't.
0: I just got like a flashback, and I remembered why we talked about this earlier in the season, and you'll remember once I say it. Harrison Barnes, after one of our post-game press conferences this year, asked the media mm. specifically, but here's the difference. He, he made it very, very clear. He said, statistically speaking, is DeMarcus Cousins deserving of having his number retired? And everybody in there, I think with the exception of James Ham, or it was either James or Sean, I think it was James. I think with the exception of James Ham, immediately said yes. Mm-hmm. I think I did, too, like just because of like, oh, yeah, I just wanted to agree. With, I just think statistically speaking, okay. I mean, I, I think that's a different argument, though. Like, I mean, obviously, if you're talking statistics, yeah, like the greatest Sacramento King of all time, statistically, is probably DeMarcus Cousins. When you look at the whole the whole pie of it all. Um so, just you know, did this guy get numbers and obviously impact? And you know, usage percentage is a good indicator of how much your team leaned on you. Um, Wait, I, think I have all here, of that by the stuff. Way. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, have, a, I
1: have the I have the the direct quote. Oh yeah. Well, from from HB. Let's see. Right.
0: Statistically speaking, should Demarcus Cousins have his number retired? Yeah. Yes, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you no, no, that's what I was saying. I, I had defended. I was the only
1: one having to defend this position. So I'm just, you know.
0: I'm glad I'm not doing doing it the quiz. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <that's all>. Okay. <laughs> See,
1: there we go. So that's that. And then I, yeah. that was your, your video, by the way. That was your tweet. Shout out. And me. shout out you in, in December. And I also, <laughs> I did some, bless you. I did some research. And here's DeMarcus Cousins, all-time Sacramento era franchise. I'm sorry. This is the franchise period ranks. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to 1940s. Oscar. Um, points, he's sixth. Points per game, sixth. Player efficiency, second. Field goals, 10. Free throws, fifth. Rebounds, fourth. um. What else? I'm sorry, rebounds, sixth. That's offensive rebounds. Uh, steals, fourth. Blocks, fourth. Triple doubles, wow. sixth. Uh, usage, first. Yeah. And value over replacement player, fifth. Vorp. Um, Good old but, VORP. But when you look at... Wait, what Kings, was
0: his... VORP was sixth?
1: Sixth. Wow. Sixth. Yeah. But when you look at the Kings franchise page... And when you go to any page on Basketball Reference, you can go to their their players with top, their top 12 win shares and win shares. He's not up there. He is not there. That's interesting.
0: The only players from the and Sacramento area. That will oh, yeah. be the contrarian argument. That's a contrarian argument. Sure. It, it definitely, but it, it, it has validity. Like, that is a, is a very good stat. Chris, uh, wins above replacement, or, or not wins above. Uh, win
1: shares. Win shares. But the only players that From the Sacramento era, that are on this list, everybody else is in black and white photos. Um, <laughs> Nate Archibald actually. Um, is all and who's this? Oh, this is Scott Wedman, whoever the hell that is. Um, know, Scott, sorry if you know who Scott Wedman is. <laughs> uh, Pages, Stoy- Stoyakovich is fourth with, with 59.8 win shares. Mitch Richmond is eighth with 50. Chris Weber is 11th with 45. Those mm-hmm. are the only kings that are on the, the all time top 12 um win shares. So
0: yeah, I mean, tough thing about win shares, you got to win.
1: You got to win. You have to <laughs> win games. Like in baseball, that's it's it's uh was it wins over replacement? I think that's the the stat people always um, go to. Um Yeah, um war. Well, oh, yeah. war. Yeah, w- yeah, wins above wins above replacement. Uh that's kind of like the NBA's equivalent, win share. Yeah. So, it's it's a conversation to have. What do you guys think? I think you have to win to be Remember that way. And Vladdy, the only reason why he's up in those Raptors is because of that very reason. He was a part of those teams. But then again, that Mm -hmm. makes the the argument okay, Bibby and Christy were on those teams too. So
0: that's my thing is like, I I would 100% say that. Mike Bibby deserves to have his number retired before Vladdy. I mean, Mike, Mike has just, Mike hit so many important shots, stayed with the team uh, and, and, you know, was with the team in 2006, the last time they made the playoffs. I don't think any of the other guy, I don't think Doug was, I don't think uh, Vladi was, Peja wasn't, uh, Chris wasn't like Mike stayed, Mike, Mike, was the last survivor of those teams mm-hmm. and you know, always was putting up his 16 and and whatever six, six or so. Yeah. Um, and, and was a really, really good King and mm-hmm. more so than Vladi. I mean, Vladi statistically obviously never reached the points or um, rebounds or anything like that. That was, that was eye, eye popping. He was a very, very solid role player and was a very important piece to that team, but was, he as important as Doug, you know, like if Doug's not there, who's the one who's guarding Kobe, you know, like that's, that's, it's not like Vladdy at any point shut down Shaq by any means. As, as a matter of fact, Vladi kind of embarrassed us with the flopping <laughs> thing. um. And like, I don't know. It's, it, well, it's an interesting decision. And I get the international piece of it all, but um, it, that's the hall of yeah. fame. thing. And, that's, that's, and the hall- we, yeah, we should, we should use that to transition. Well, I mean, I the whole quote is
1: Demarcus said you've seen what you you've seen what the Hall of Fame what you need to do to get in the Hall of Fame. Like, Vladi Givots is in the Hall yes. of Fame. It's, he okay, said, well, uh, "Let me get in. his
0: direct quote because it is a pretty pretty spicy quote." Let me Shots see fired. here. Let me see this is and to me this is the biggest. Uh, this is the biggest shot that is taken in the entire piece. I mean obviously like like we said before, all of the things that he says about the team and the organization are pretty fair and you know he really you can have some grievance with how he's doing it and what exactly he's saying, but for the most part, he is right. Like the team has sucked before suck during, suck after it's probably not his fault that they sucked during. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where he kind of goes like straight petty mode. Um, so Mark Spears, this is literally the last questions asked in the article. Do you think you got Naismith? I didn't know it was Naismith Memorial. Uh, do you have hall of fame numbers to Marcus's response point blank period? No preamble, no post, you know, monologue or anything. Do you think you got Memor- Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame numbers? DeMarcus Cousins responds, Vladi Divac is a Hall of Famer. Vladi Divac is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> to which Mark Spears replies because he probably has a relationship with Vladi and is like, "That's like, that's a pretty unchill answer. He says, I'm asking about you which is like a fourth grade teacher response which is hilarious. He says, again, Vladi Divac is in the Hall of Fame. Look at his career statistics and look at mine. We'll leave it at that. That's just that, that's that's just not he knows.
1: I mean, I some, he knows that he's not in the Hall of Fame for his NBA statistics. I mean, he's not I think that um someone else is in the Hall of Fame, uh Dino Dino Raj, Raja, I think I, how do you say his name? Dino Dino
0: I mean, Sabonis' dad Nano. is in the Hall of Fame as well, I believe, and yeah. uh, he is—you know—he Arvidas is by no means for his NBA. You know, he played in the NBA for six seasons, and you know, was a uh, let's see, twelve and seven, which is probably around what Vladi was for his yeah. career as well. It's um, about it's about what you do for the game of basketball, yes. which is a worldwide sport. Yes. And Vladi is in a bath. I mean, we've seen through his time as a player and as a GM, every single human on this planet, with the exception of DeMarcus Cousins, loves Vladi DeVos. Like Vladi is, is like the freaking mascot of, of just like basketball players. Like everybody loves him. Everybody's so down to just talk, gush about how good of a teammate he is, how good of a person he is, um, all these things and he he meant a lot to the game i mean he he came into the league and and was on those those uh showtime laker teams and put in his work there and and you know was not was definitely like not just some scrub like he ended up in his best season with the lakers was a 14 and 10 and then had a 16 and 10 season like was a legit player for them so much so that he even sealed his his you know his notoriety with being traded for Kobe Bryant in the draft. Like mm-hmm. the Lakers got Kobe Bryant by trading for Vladi Vivac. Obviously people know that it's a very well-known thing, but um, it's just another thing of like, oh yeah, Laker fans don't have any ill will towards Vladi because he got them Kobe. Um I don't know what what the real point of me saying this is, but more no, just I, like obviously Vladi is not in for his Hall of Fame for no. his for his numbers. That's to Marcus just being petty. That's him 100%, 100% just petty. being petty. And that's, that's fine just shots. I mean,
1: look, if if in his mind, he got ripped off from 200 million dollars and in, in, in an illustrious career. And like, yeah, I, I do. I do understand. And I'm sympathetic a little bit to feeling like you were robbed of something. And it wasn't. I know he didn't plan on getting hurt, but to be honest, and I hate to be that guy now, and I I do agree now though. He kind of did it to himself. If he doesn't have the on the court antics and he doesn't act that way, uh, conduct himself in that manner for all those years, I don't think he gets traded. And the reports that I had to kind of go back and reread everything, and we've also been we've heard things too over the past couple years while we've been doing our jobs is. That I think the the front office was just said, over it. They're like, you know mm-hmm. what? We're over this. We're moving on. And that's literally what happened. They said, we're over this. We have a very good center who's only twenty five years old at the time, mind you. Yeah. And they and they had enough. And it, it, it hurts because I was what, twenty years old at the time or twenty one, and, and you two were we, we were in the same boat. We were big DeMarcus Cousins fans. And I always will be a Demarcus Cousins fan mm-hmm. from the Kings. Like I, I really enjoyed watching him play. So it's, it's sad. As I talked about on the Kings the Kings uh, Pulse podcast, that some of my fondest memories as a Kings fan, because I've been a fan only during, for losing teams, is watching the Marcus Cousins play basketball. It made, me, it made me a huge fan. And um, it does hurt to see that he's obviously still kind of battling those demons of, of, wow, the Kings. Here. <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, it, it, it's tough to see that. I know he's hurting. And, um, you know, all I can say is, Sorry. I don't know. Sorry about it. I mean, it, it is kind of his fault. Everyone could have done things a little differently, a little better. He definitely could have for office could have made better decision making in the draft, which we all know how that went. Failing draft pick after draft pick that started in 2010 or 11 or 2011. So, um, it's a failure all around the whole, the whole thing. I don't know the, the conversation of who failed the Kings more DeMarcus cousins or the Kings. That's like the whole chicken or the egg question. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of end on that before we really move into, there's only one more quote I want to read. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think failed themselves, failed more the Kings themselves or DeMarcus Marcus cousins failing the Kings?
0: I mean, that's just such a gross question. Like it's because like everybody, I, it really, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit on the fence and I'm not going to say equal blame because that's what I want to do. I would have accepted it, but um, because it is tough. I mean, it, the, the, the Kings did him absolutely no favors. I mean, with with firing Mike, with drafting Ben McLemore, who, you know, it, he was part of that stretch where the Kings were just taking, quote unquote, best player available, Thomas which was Robinson. actually best player that fell to us. And we just don't want them to fall like they were. They were the slide stopper. They were like, oh, this guy is falling like. It seems like, oh, is he going to fall out of the top? Two? Oh, no, the Kings took him at four. Like, Dude, oh, three, no, the Kings three years three. in a row. Jim three years, years in that. a row. of Thomas Robinson, Ben McLemore. You can add one more year to that to get Nick Stauskas. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's he was done absolutely no favor, and then you even look at the Willie Cauley Stein pick. You know who we could have had instead of Willie Cauley Stein? Somebody who's done pretty well for himself, especially recently, Devin Booker. Um, you know, you and w- w- you know that that can be a hint. <laughs> Me and Frank plan on going back this off season and, and redoing uh, Kings drafts just to see exactly who we actually could. You know, obviously it's a big talking point of like the Kings could have had Damian Lillard, could have had Kawhi Leonard, could have had Clay Thompson, could have. Had all these people X, Y, and Z. Me and Frank are going to go back, and we're going to we're going to make we're going to right the wrongs. For um, that reason, for that reason, I'm yeah. I'm choosing that the Kings
1: franchise failed themselves.
0: I mean, they did. Like they absolutely like Demarcus can just go out there and play, and he absolutely did. Demarcus's fault was that he and I always this was my favorite line to say when when people would get mad at Demarcus during his time in Sacramento. I and it's a huge reason why I love Demarcus so much. DeMarcus Cousins had to watch every single Kings game, just like you and me, Frank, and it at a lot of points felt like he was the only person in the organization who was as mad as we were like you would. He would. Yeah, he was upset that Ben McLemore was shooting 33 percent from three when he was supposed to be ray allen jr like that was a real thing that people would say like oh no this guy could be ray allen like he has a similar shot he's really athletic like a young ray allen like this guy could legitimately be it and ben mclemore had a pretty looking jump shot it looked good just about every time he shot it but he never he legitimately i think his rookie season he shot like 33 percent from the field um nick stauskas obviously couldn't i mean he Nick and Jimmer, I absolutely, I mean, you can find the common thread there. I think DeMarcus absolutely tortured those two people until they were just shells of themselves as humans. Like, from everything I understand, DeMarcus was absolutely ruthless, specifically to Nick Stauskas, Um, And you could kind of feel that he was not rooting for Jimmermania to hit Sacramento, for sure. Not a Didn't fan of help- Jimmermania? I, I don't think he was. Um, even Isaiah Thomas, I mean, there was, there was rumblings that him and Isaiah, obviously, you know, on the court, it wasn't a perfect fit, but, um, off the court, they seemed to be buddies at least, but, um, there were rumblings that DeMarcus didn't like their play style and didn't like how much Isaiah, uh, commanded the ball offensively, which kind of, you know, makes sense a little, especially when you see what Isaiah ended up doing in that, that crazy MVP season, like. He probably did feel like he needed the ball a lot more. Probably, maybe could have helped us a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's to me, it's, I think I'm answering my own question here. Of I think it's or not my own question, but I'm answering the question without saying it. Um, I, I'm gonna say that the Kings failed Demarcus a lot more. Yeah, just by bringing in no town. I mean, who's the second best player Demarcus played with Rudy, Rudy Gay. Gay, Rudy Gay, and like Th- how third good best, is Rudy Gay third best probably Rondo. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's Rajon Rondo, and then and they're on the same team. <laughs> and then after that, it's probably Darren Collison.
1: Yeah, Darren
0: Collison. Uh, and then like maybe like rookie Willie Collie Stein. Are we missing anybody? Omari Caspi like was semi consistent. Oh Isaiah Thomas, but he was. Here Isaiah for, for sure. I mean, a, a yeah, a cup of coffee, and yeah. then he was gone. Like, yeah, I the, think Isaiah the, ended up having like two seasons with the Kings, pretty I, much.
1: Isaiah Thomas, like the Isaiah Thomas, was here for one year. I think it was well, not years.
0: the Isaiah Thomas, but like,
1: well, I mean, like the Isaiah Thomas that was actually a a yes. good player, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that he he was a good player the first two years. I, mean, I just sure. meant not it, like uh, no, not Pistons, not Isaiah. not Pistons Isaiah Thomas, but but I'm talking twenty point per game, six yeah. assists. Isaiah Thomas was here for one year. Um, and then he was gone. So and he became a star. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely like a conversation about
0: who yeah. Well, and if your sec- if your number sixty pick is you know, the third best player that your your superstar played with, that's probably not great. Probably mean you you didn't draft well and I mean for sure Isaiah is the outlier of sixty pick, um, but you know that's that, that's kind of the sign of how how little talent Demarcus had around him. I mean, we were really talking ourselves into like Quincy Acey might really be like the four to play next to Demarcus, and uh, Peron Butler you know, might be the small brother. forward we I need. Mean, yeah, sad times. I mean, it was it was uh, it was a failure on all fronts, absolutely. Um, but and and neither side is blameless. Absolutely, like we said, Demarcus definitely you know made his teammates feel not the most welcome. And I feel like it was very well established that uh, DeMarcus was going to get his touches on his teams. But, um, you know, at the same time, he, he, as, as a, uh, as a player, I'm sure he never felt like the organization was supplying him with the best players. And so he felt like he had to take it upon himself. And sometimes it was for better. Sometimes most of the time it was for worse. And is that really his fault? I guess, you know, he has to take some blame. It's his personality, but whatever. The final quote we have to read here um, Spears says, if you could go back and
1: change anything, what would you change that might have changed how you're perceived now? Is there anything where you're like, man, I should have just? And Demarcus Cousins says, I would have skipped my draft workout in Sacramento. Spears says, why is that? Cousins says, what did Sacramento do for me besides say my name on draft day? I did more for them than they did for me. That's just being honest. Just being 100% honest. I had two owners, three GMs, seven coaches in seven years. I was there seven years. I had three GMs, two owners, and seven coaches. Not much more needs to be said, and that's the end of the Sacramento portion of his interview. So um, that kind of brings us back to, well, my dog's chewing on a chew toy. Hey, can you not do that right now? Um, That just brings us back to kind of the the initial, like, who's more to blame. He Mm -hmm. says clearly – the organization and yeah that kind of puts it into perspective that you're not entirely wrong like the way he acted on the floor isn't excusable we all know that but I think that not he would have acted less awful on the floor if he had a winning team around him I mean I think winning would solve a lot of issues like Mm -hmm. people say winning solves everything I think if the Kings were a winning team
0: we probably would have seen less antics I mean I think a lot of his frustration did stem from losing
1: yeah, I and mean, you see Luka Doncic like he's in my opinion Luka is the closest resemblance to Demarcus Cousins' demeanor on the floor yeah, I've seen, which is kind of funny because <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. But he is he is a he's is just as much of a constant complainer yeah. on the, he complains about every single possession, mm-hmm. every single one. He wants it go his way. Um, so if if you were to, if you were to even say the Kings were a winning team like the you know, the Mavericks have been in the playoffs for most of the last couple of years. Um, Maybe things wouldn't change. Maybe it would make things worse. We'll never know. We really will never know. But all I know is um, it makes me sad. I do hope somebody DeMarcus will come back and get the round of applause. And and I don't think he should be have his jersey retired, but maybe get, I don't know, the Sacramento Kings Hall of Fame or something. They mm-hmm. Maybe that can be established. I don't know. But some kind of honor.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think he deserves that. I mean, it, it shouldn't be you know 15 years from now we're still undecided on is DeMarcus Cousins like allowed in the building kind of thing you know um i would like to hope that you know eventually one day when he's retired he he can i mean i think i think this is this whole article and this whole thing is going to make it a whole lot harder for for a lot of you know DeMarcus is by far the most polarizing player maybe in, you know, that I've experienced in my NBA fandom, not just, you know, with the Kings. I think in general, people are very either hot or cold on DeMarcus. Um, And uh, I I just, I I can't see some people in this fandom, in this area, changing their mindset on him, which is interesting. Um, Something that's gone through my head as this is, as we've been talking about this, how much of this DeMarcus anger do you think stems from hold on let me first ask you this do you feel like the Sacramento Kings embarrassed DeMarcus Cousins the way they traded him and um, was it intentionally not intention? like did not did they intentionally try to embarrass him but did they just not really care
1: I don't know it's tough to say I think I think that Vladi went about it the wrong way um but For it to
0: be All Star Week, more specifically, I during want the All Star All game. Star game, like he did not play. I think it was his second All Star game. Like in the first one, that he legitimately had like reason to get minutes, and he ended up his, playing like three minutes. It, so and, it was it was his third All Star game, and he he
1: that was the best season of his career. Yeah. He played he played about two minutes that night because yeah. I'm sure someone went up to Steve. I think Steve Kerr was the coach and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, like don't don't play him." like much yeah.
0: he he's things are about to happen and then obviously the the post game press conference where you know he's told we see him being told that he got traded it's official and then the whole press scrum after of just like it i mean it was hard it was embarrassing we haven't seen them that happen since the nba actually tr- changed the whole trade deadline to avoid uh that exact situation happening um and like things like that happen a little bit you know, like there's the Harrison Barnes Dallas story of, of him playing the game and then finding out mid game that he, he's been traded to the Kings, like that's not great either. But do you think that um that plays a significant role in, in these Demarcus Cousins yeah. comments? I think I think it plays a huge role in it. I think the
1: way that everything happened as far as they cost him two hundred million dollars, they mm-hmm. traded him in kind of a um a slap in on the sermonies. face manner. <laughs> A slap in the face manner for a guy who had been so good here for so long, um, and the way they did it on a public, kind of like a public forum, like he was up there in front of everybody, and he found out in front of the national media that he mm-hmm. got traded. And that, that video is timeless. So he's seeing former Kings PR director Chris, Chris Clark uh, tell him in his ear, so it's um, it all ended poorly for him. There really isn't much. I mean, his his return to Sacramento wasn't wasn't nasty he had one of the best games of his career mm-hmm. and his only game he's played in sacramento and he had only nice things to say about the fan base after the fans gave him a lot of love believe it or not he has not been back since he's played one game at golden one center so um that's kind of incredible to me that he's played mm-hmm. one game at golden one center since he was traded and he was supposed to play for the mavericks but or the mavericks the um the the nuggets but They, he was in between 10 days and they had to clear a roster spot. So because of that reason, he wasn't able to travel. I don't know, but it's next year, if he's on a team, which we don't know if he'll be on a team next year, we really don't know. He he might not, his career could be over at any point. Um, I think he, I think he'll stick around for a little bit longer, but he, it'll be interesting to see what the reception is when he does come back again, whether it be on the floor or in a, in a, Vivek (laughs) tries to bring him in and, and give him a front office role down the line. And, and, you know, that would not surprise me at all either if down the line they try to give him like some made up front office role to, I don't know, man. to ease things over, but he probably would say no anyway.
0: I, I think that this this is a very damning article for him. I can't imagine that people inside the uh Kings organization are are too thrilled about these comments.
1: He does not like the Sacramento Kings right now. Yeah. Let's just put it that the, the fans, he didn't go at the fans. He is he does not like Vivek, Ronald, or Vladi Divac. That's pretty much it though. I, yeah. There's nobody else that's even here. So Definitely. Yeah,
0: I mean that's that's a great point too. Is yeah, I'm pretty sure Vivek is the only person who is still here in the organization from his time and and uh I don't know. Like DeMarcus DeMarcus that is a good point because DeMarcus always loved the fans here and like loved the people of Sacramento. He you said it at the top like he embraced the city. Like really, nobody else has. I mean, Harry Giles tried to uh, to get to that kind of same level, and and I think the fans love Harry a lot more than they love Demarcus. But Tyrese Halliburton as well. Tyrese, yeah he he wasn't quite as. I mean, Demarcus was like during the off season at the Sac State well. Like I yeah. have many many friends who are like, yeah, like I've balled with Demarcus before. Like I've you know I've shaken his hand. I've talked to him at the well. Like he was really about the community. He really legitimately like love Sacramento love doing things in the community wasn't afraid to be seen um you know I don't want to you know smash De'Aaron or anything but like you don't see De'Aaron Fox just casually walking around no, Doko he, or something you know he, he won't even be here I think in the summer
1: yeah. I think he said he told and us
0: he doesn't need to be obviously you he, know? Yes, I think he right. does
1: I'm pretty sure he doesn't live here in yeah. the summer um I think De'Aaron likes Sacramento though I, mean, I do too but anyways to rough, you know? um that's really all I got on this. I mean, you're open. You, the listener, are open to your um, interpretation of everything. Let us know yeah. what you think. Um, do you have any thoughts? I mean, we didn't get to, we didn't get to do any playoff picks. I mean, yeah. The only real series I think in my mind that's going to be an actual series to me is well, there's there's two. I mean, it's up to you though. I mean, I mean, New Orleans did beat Phoenix last night. I'm not really sold even though Devin Booker's hurt, but yeah. I'm looking at Boston, Brooklyn, I'm looking at Dallas, Utah. That's kind of the only ones I'm really looking at.
0: Yeah, uh, I think uh I think the Mem- the Memphis series is is a fun one for sure. I'm not entirely certain. I it does feel like Memphis kind of you know, not woke up, but but I think Memphis is going to end up handling that series pretty well. I, I agree. think uh I think the two wolves are coached well, but I I'm just not, not, I don't think Anthony Edwards and uh, and Anthony Edwards is obviously playing out of his mind, but I think I don't, th- I don't trust Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell to show up like that um, at this point. And I'm a big cat guy, but cat also has been uh has been suspect. Yeah, I agree. And then also, I mean,
1: just kind of going down the list here. I mean, I think Golden State. Let's just series, give. Yeah, go, we'll we'll go down and just
0: give quick thoughts.
1: Okay, let's start from the top then. We'll yeah, s- I'm looking at a bracket. Yeah, Phoenix New Orleans. Um, I I even though Devin Booker might be hurt, I still just don't. I don't unless Zion comes out and plays like a thirty point per game guy and comes back from injury mysteriously. I don't know. I I think the Phoenix takes it in five or six.
0: Yeah, I mean Phoenix was absolutely insane all year. Um, and I. Uh, You know, good on New Orleans for getting here, but I, I cannot, I legitimately cannot believe that they are playing Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones, like 30 minutes a game. They're all playing perfectly fine and Mm -hmm. and have played deserving of those minutes, but at some point that's going to catch up with you. Like love those guys, hustle, energy, effort, but you're playing the best team in the in the league at the in moment the league. like in the world yeah it's I mean, just you're not gonna it's not gonna happen for you It's not gonna happen um
1: i agree dallas utah i mean honestly i've gone uh, back and forth from this sure. and now that <laughs> now that we've seen jalen brunson is making an mvp push um and luca is is reportedly probably gonna play yeah this weekend i am full and the fact that utah is on the verge of a total collapse yeah. from every standpoint i'm going with i'm going with the Mavericks I think the Mavericks are gonna win this thing
0: it's very very concerning to me for for Utah if I'm Utah that Dallas has made these games so competitive without Luca I mean like these these two games like you Utah should have taken these two games and ran with it because I absolutely agree with you I think the fact that they're going into Utah now um, right yeah yeah they're going into Utah now um, split one one to me like dallas dallas should be looking at this like we can take both of these games and go up three one going back home mm-hmm. uh utah would be lucky just to split these two i think or even dallas if you split them you have home you exactly just, yeah just get one you're going I, back I think home that's i think that's exactly the the mentality dallas is looking at right now they're like we're split right now if we split the next two we get luka back for these next two games maybe we can win them both like I think I think Dallas is in the driver's seat at the moment in the series, and and with Luca coming back and with how good you know Jalen Brunson has looked, I think that's that'll be enough just to get him past. Like you said, it an absolutely spiraling Utah team. You can see you can see that it's starting to unravel. The mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder, by the way, Quinn Snyder already saying like I don't want to take the Lakers job, so he's pretty much admitting that he's going to be a free agent after yeah. this year. Yeah, generally not a good look. Uh, the Donovan Mitchell Gobert relationship is always on edge, on its last um, leg. Yeah, and and you know Bogdanovich isn't the Bogdanovich he was a couple years ago. Mike Conley isn't the Mike Conley he was a couple years ago. I think I think this might be the end of uh, end of Utah. <laughs> it could be.
1: It could be. Now speaking of the end of of some teams, I mean Nikola Jokic, in my opinion, is going to get the MVP because he's taken the corpse of this Nuggets team that doesn't have Jamal Murray. Or Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. I mean, Poor guy. I mean, and he's still doing what he can do, but I mean, it's, it's over. I mean, the warriors are looking really good. Jordan yeah. Poole is looking really good. Steph Curry looks like he's back to himself. Michael Jordan um, pool, Michael Jordan Poole. Um, I think that this series, this series, as far as like, there's a couple in my opinion that should just be over automatically. This series should just be done. Um, I just I maybe it's a cold take someday. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I don't no, think, I don't think so. I, I, think I don't think over. so at all. Yeah, like it's I over. think
0: it's absolutely over. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a sweep. Uh, the thing that I want to get your thoughts on about this series. What is your warrior lineup nickname of choice? I don't know, or if you don't have one, because I don't think I have one. I think the bigger point is three Gs, ain't it? Is that what it's called? Three G. The three G lineup. Some with
1: some with pool involved because I think their lineup, their best yeah. lineup this season is going to be. Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, and Draymond. That's gonna be like their their go to like, lineup down the stretch. I
0: don't know if this is an option. I like pool party. I love that. Yeah. I love pool Because people party. were trying to make like Splash Brothers in a pool or something like that. Like I think I saw uh P PTSD, which is Pool Thompson Steph Draymond. Green mm. Green Pool Splash Party green no. pool, yeah just just mix it no, all up I, I love pool party i like Wigging pool party a lot. out in splash pool waking out Raybon. in the out in the pool
1: splash party <laughs> in the
0: green splash pool <laughs>
1: maybe it's like Wigging a nickelodeon out event in the
0: green splash pool
1: must be like a nickelodeon slime oh, yeah. event or something oh.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's nick night um, memphis minnesota
1: yeah. i my
0: dog my dog <laughs> yeah. doesn't
1: like it either my dog doesn't
0: like uh, mm-hmm. i was going to say i like I like Memphis. Yeah. What do you think? Mo's is that Mo's Mo's? That's Mo's. He's Mo's is not a cat guy for sure. is not a cat guy. Yeah. Big on, big Um, on job, big on the dog. You know, I I think that Memphis coming out
1: last night and dropping the hammer, it seems like they've, they're kind of done messing around.
0: I think so as well. And I think Memphis just has more, they can go deeper than Minnesota. And, uh, at some point, like I said, I just, I just don't trust Minnesota's best players to show up consistently. And it's hard to do. I mean, they're, they're all young guys. I'm just not really a D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, believer I'll say like, he's fine in the regular season, but I I don't think he's a very efficient guy. And Anthony Edwards is doing well, but he's also, maybe he's just this good of a shooter, but I, I do not like, uh, I don't think that he's, he's going to consistently get buckets like he is right now. I agree.
1: I think that, um. Also, it's very interesting watching A-Rod. He's like an owner of the Timberwolves god. now and seeing... He's just a strange person. <laughs> a strange man. That's your man. god. That is also, your god. people need to stop taping themselves or gluing themselves and chaining themselves to the floor. And It's just... What, what is...
0: Can, you know what? Here's the thing, too. Like... What are they protesting? Like we have I think have not it's heard. animal cruelty. It's I a
1: peta think. thing? I maybe, I think so. I
0: Stop I don't know for NBA sure. NBA teams after animals. Is that what it is? Grizzlies, Timberwolves, I don't know. I'm just making shit. Slamson? Slamson? Well, I guess it's Kings. It's not, you know, like It's not
1: the the Lions. It's not the
0: Lions. Um yeah, I don't know,
1: man. It's 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 also it's I guess I could see the Memphis Minnesota series going 6, but I think Minnesota's going to uh Memphis is going to Memphis is going to come out on top. I just think they have too much. I'm gonna, going. Yeah,
0: I'm going to say it goes six four two Memphis. It's a good. I'm enjoying watching it though. Yeah. Um. And the funny thing. Sorry, I don't know if I'm the good. only one who feels this way, but like when you say a series is going to go six, that sounds like oh, like I mean that's one away from game seven. But mm-hmm. the reality is like you're up three two, and then yeah. you kind of like handle game. You six You handle game as well. six. Usually, yeah. you handle game six. Yeah.
1: Um. Two. I don't really have. I mean, Miami is going to. I think Miami is going to wax Atlanta. I think that Philly's Toronto's done. They're dealing with injuries yeah. too. So I think those two, do you have any? I mean, I don't have any thoughts on those. No, two. I don't like have any thoughts on that. They're over. It's, it's going to be waiting Miami. for the next round for that. My, one. Miami and, and Philly will be a great conference. Semifinals. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, what I'm a little intrigued about, and I was kind of surprised about was the Bulls had some fight against Milwaukee tonight. I'm really excited. I'm excited to watch the games tonight. Those two Milwaukee and Chicago and then Boston, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I'm going to settle in for those. Um, it's like an old man. I'm settling for those. Settle in for those ones. I got my Starburst jelly beans yep. from from <laughs> Easter. I'm gonna be sitting there with my jelly beans, just just going to town on some NBA playoff action. Um, no, I, I was surprised the Bulls fought like the way they did. There's a lot of defense in Game One. I I still think Milwaukee's gonna beat them. I think without some of those guys on on Chicago. I mean, we look at what Lonzo Ball's out, but it's it's gonna come down to Konvusovich can. can, Vucevic, can can Vucevic keep doing what he's doing to Rosen? Can Zach Levine have some big games? It's just too many things need to go absolutely right, whereas Milwaukee has weapons on weapons. And I think Mo- I think Milwaukee will probably take this one in five.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I, th- I think Milwaukee is just at some point, like, they're going to turn it on. Chris Middleton, um, you know, didn't have the greatest game one. Uh, my boy, Brooke Lopez, showed up big time. Can't wait oh, for God. Uh, game two, Brooke. I'm telling you, bro, just <laughs> mm, I'm eating it up. Uh yeah, I th- I think Milwaukee's just they're they're still bored. They're still playing with their food and uh I, they'll they'll turn it on when when things get real. I I do, you know, I I'm not the biggest Chicago guy. I think uh a lot of those guys are probably meant to crumble in the playoffs, but I I if they continue to play defense the way they are, I mean, it'll at least be a uh a physical series, a super physical series, which will be fun.
1: And I like that. I like. I do too.
0: I mean, yeah. When these games, what was game one? They both scored under a hundred. It, right? like, it was like I,
1: I think it was eighty. Was it Sunday? I think it was eighty it was points. Eighty six uh, yeah, to ninety three. Yeah, like, the, there those was are like, playoff games. But a lot of those points were garbage time at the very, very end too. Like yeah. I think it was. I think each team had scored like six or seven points for a majority of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. until the very last two minutes. Um, it was seventy six, seventy three with I think four minutes to go. Which I was Wait, this teams like a,
0: aren't supposed to score thirty five a quarter. That's not how it generally is supposed to go. Apparently, you know. Apparently not. Apparently oh. not. Apparently, he's supposed to score the ball. Maybe that's why the king. Uh, yeah. Okay. We should try yeah. and get better at defense. That seems. Ah, uh, uh,
1: interesting. I don't. Know. I don't think it's that important. Never Kings seem about like, it. The Kings seem like they have that.
0: In yeah, the you know what? they, they got to figure it out. They'll figure it out. Fine. What
1: am I? Doing? Um, I got bucks and six. Yeah, I, I'm going to say bucks and five. Bucks and five. Yeah, I think I think it's in five originally. I I mean I think. Okay, I meant five. I didn't mean six, excuse me. <laughs> I'm just saying six for everything. Now one I will say is gonna go seven. I think that Boston and Brooklyn's going seven. I think that and I think that yeah. I have I have Brooklyn. I'm it's a bold take. I've got Brooklyn. You do. You're yeah.
0: with me. I mean I have wagers that for Brooklyn to win the okay. championship. You mean your friend does? Yes, my friend does. My friend has uh my friend that I know. Your friend has some
1: stake in yeah. in the game. Um yeah. I think that last game the defensive breakdown that last that give Jason Tatum some credit that was an incredible adjustment. Yeah. But the defensive breakdown I just I don't see it happening again in that if you do that situation 10 times I feel like the defender bites maybe once or twice. I don't yeah. know. That was it's such a horrible defensive breakdown though. Yeah. Um I really like even though Kyrie's going through fasting Paramedon yeah. the the guy is locked in,
0: yeah.
1: and people can say what they want about him in his antics and everything, but he's a bad man on the court. Um, and Kevin Durant, I, I don't know, I I like Brooklyn a lot, and that Ben Simmons is going to come back this weekend. I just I really do like Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, I think the Ben Simmons thing could actually end up hurting Brooklyn more than helping, if anything. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if if he's actually ready to go, then it'll be a nice 20 of, or so minutes but because of that to learn like learning how to play together and what yeah essentially like i mean like and he just hasn't played in like a year and a half mm-hmm. and for your first game to be a playoff game where we are saying it's going to go like a very competitive playoff series to just go out there and say like hey go play 25 minutes of great defense and you know offense just We'll figure it out. I mean, just go stand in the corner, which is what, you know, he was doing in Philadelphia. But can, um, sorry, give
1: me a thought. Sorry. No, I you're mean, to cut you off. No. no, I was saying, who do you want to see in the, I mean, this is like not a finals preview. Yeah. But I'm
0: just saying, who do you want to see in the finals? Because I'm from an entertainment a... standpoint. Yeah. I think Brooklyn Phoenix would be fun. Um, I just think Brooklyn has the most, you know, to have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and if if Ben Simmons can end up giving them, you know, being being a good piece for them that that sets them over the top. Obviously, just seeing a, a great team like that, or a t- very talented team like that, go against an actual great team like like the Suns, who have put up, you know, sixty what it was sixty five wins or whatever it was mm-hmm. this season. Um, To see that would be really fun, and that would be a real test for Phoenix also, obviously. If Phoenix were to lose that Um, historically, it would be interesting to see how we view this Phoenix run, because losing the finals back-to-back years probably won't end up making it back it's just a little you know after after a while we saw it with the Warriors we saw it with the Cavaliers when you make the playoffs or when you make the finals when you play every single game of the NBA season which is more than everybody else you get tired you get more tired the next like it wears on you the next year every year that you're in it makes it harder and harder and harder to get back um so that'll be interesting for sure, because who knows how long this Phoenix run is going to last, especially with Chris Paul being 36 or 37 hey man, he's or something in, he's like under, that. He's under contract for a minute, though, and he looks really good. He so. No, he does. He looks great. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. But again, like Chris Paul has never been to the finals. Chris Paul rarely makes it out of the second round. Like he's he never had like, this kind he of wear and tear. He went to the finals last year, Chris. He went to the finals last year. He, did. he never won the finals. Yes, he has never won the finals. Well, they—you know—I forget they blew a
1: two-zero lead last year in the finals. That is incredible. They they a 0 lead
0: lead—it was pretty much over at that point. I mean, I—I I think the first two games were in Phoenix, but I mean, we lost was 2-0. four. Yeah. Well, let me see. What was it? I honestly, yeah, I really, four in a row. Four I really in a row. enjoyed the finals last year. It was like, really I, fun. It was I entertaining. It. I mean Giannis had a uh had a you know, once in a lifetime game that we should talk about a lot more than we do, his fifty point closing game and, and you know, to yeah. have that alley oop. Um to come back. Awesome. I mean, we completely forget that in the game before I remember specifically saying Giannis Antetokounmpo is not playing another game in this playoff series after he hyperextended his knee because it literally like If Kings fans will remember, I don't even know if anyone's still listening at this point, but if Kings fans will remember Tyrese Halliburton making that awkward step at half court where he, like, stopped and his knee kind of, like, locked into place and went straight leg. Giannis did that, but, like, his leg, like, bowed. Like, it actually went backwards and, like... Went sicko mode. Yes. And I was like, oh, for sure, like... He messy. He hyperextended his knee, and he's not going to be able to play. And this fool plays the rest of the games and scores thirty plus, and then tops it off with a fifty point final. Like I am insane. with 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 that. I mean, I'm kind of torn on who I want. I want
1: either mo I I know that for whatever reason, man, just because I think it's, it makes for good entertainment. I don't like the Warriors. I think the Warriors being in the finals is i i I know but i want either milwaukee or brooklyn i think the brooklyn warriors storyline would be great because you have kd going against the warriors and that'd be kind of fun that is good and then also you could get milwaukee who i think this would match up well and it'd be a really good yeah a lot of firepower um but if i had to say a favor i would i want i want brooklyn and golden state i think brooklyn and golden state series is the best scenario it's like the it's the old version of like lakers celtics in my opinion Mm -hmm. as far as two teams with with some history between some players there mm-hmm. um you the Draymond Kevin Durant interactions would be great you have Steph and Kyrie from you know Kyrie in in the 16 finals yeah. had that big shot i think there's a lot of there's a lot of good storylines there and um i just i don't know last year i think I, that's the right answer the finals were so good and just, i i just i don't know i i'll talk myself into any, any like either any mm-hmm. scenario because i do love i love basketball but i just don't want like a miami No, like Miami and Memphis. Miami, Memphis. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You want the young players in in the league. You want John Morant and you know Bam Adebayo and those guys. Tyler Hero, the younger players. Jimmy Butler gets back in the finals. um, Not younger, but um, I'll talk myself in any scenario. But I I do. I think that if either Phoenix or Golden State come from the West, if either Milwaukee or Brooklyn, maybe even Philly, I talk talk myself into it. Come from the East, it'll be a good Finals. So.
0: But I don't the want the go. warriors in there just because I can't risk them possibly winning winning their fourth over what seven eight years um I' be disgusted,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: um that's all I got, man. I mean, do you have anything else we this do. week no, uh no, I'm trying to look forward to I'm trying to think we're um, in office next week, so we'll start right. you're going you're going on a trip soon, your sister's getting I married I oh, my sister uh yeah, I'll be I'll be out of town for like a week or so. So we'll probably unless we we'll we'll probably plan to record on either Monday or Tuesday when I'm in town. Yeah. But if we don't, then don't expect anything. For a week or two, uh, at least two until the following Thursday. So
1: yeah, I mean we're gonna be in office most days of the week. Um, I have a leave coming up to get I'm on the writers the writers IL for my, mm-hmm. my wrist surgery. I don't know if we'll be able to, I don't know if I'll be allowed to record because I'll be off work duties. I would not have a problem with coming on here and doing stuff in May. Um, I'm sure we could do it anyway. I'm sure no one will care. Um, but yeah, we'll be in office. We're going to start probably doing two a week. Maybe like that's gonna make our schedule. Maybe Tuesday and Thursday, we'll start doing some draft breakdowns from, from years past. Look at players for this year's draft. Um, any off season news, some fun segments. We'll have, we'll have guests on. I don't know. Chris and I are going to be killing some time. So mm-hmm. we Definitely. will see. But yeah, you'll, for now, you'll see a lot more of us for now, I'm going to look forward to tonight's games. Um, enjoy the off season. Everybody enjoy the, mm-hmm. the playoffs. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun watching them just competitive basketball with, uh, you don't have to write or report or talk about anything and just watch it and enjoy it like a fan. So
0: I'm in heaven. Love it. Uh, trying to think if there's anything clever to say. Nothing clever to say for nope. Frankie Cardicelli. I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. Um, appreciate it. And again, look out for an episode uh, hopefully on Monday or Tuesday of next week. Um, happy holidays, everybody. <laughs> Bye. I <was> gonna say. <laughs>